I do as I choose, and I answer to no one. Turn and run now, and I will mercifully pretend this never happened. Death shall be your reward. To face doom is to face one's end. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome back. It's always good to be here. Yes, it's good to be anywhere. <laughs> Better than not being anywhere. Better than not being anywhere. We're, we're starting off very... <laughs> well, welcome back to the Doomcast, the leading Doctor Doom podcast, uh, podcast dedicated solely to the greatest Marvel character, well, greatest Marvel villain of all time, greatest comic book villain of all time, the one and only Doctor Doom, the redoubtable Doctor Doom. Should we use redoubtable? Um, I have to look up what redoubtable means. I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> So I'll say, um, no. <laughs> okay, let's not use that one then. Uh, we'll come back to that. Um, yes, uh, this is Craig and Bill with you once again in the journey that we're taking through the the epic history of this of this greatest of comic book villains, Victor Von Doom. And, yes, and he would definitely agree he is the greatest Marvel character, by the way. Yeah, there's no... There's no, not just villain, just greatest overall character, not just in Marvel, probably in all of comicdom. Yes, in all the multiverse of comics, Doom would definitely say he's the best. You got to love that ego, but he backs it up. True, very true. I mean, there's only been probably, what, two, three people in history who had that ego that they could back it up. Uh, and I think he's one of them. I would find that hard to argue. Yeah. And he'll get no argument from us. Let's see if anyone uh, wants to argue that. Anyone wants to argue with us about it. <laughs> we'll be happy to take all comers. But starting but why off would today, you to argue that? Yeah. But starting off today, uh, we get into a two-parter with Fantastic Four number 39, A Blind Man Shall Lead Them. And it, just the, the cover image is terrific with Doom... You know, like a gigantic Doctor Doom looking down over the over the city, and I wanted to start there and call that out because that that's just a great cover. Yes, um, I've noticed frequently with Doctor Doom in the the past issues we've already covered, and looking ahead in the future, that uh, it's a very common motif with Doctor Doom being like literally larger than life and kind of yeah. menacing the heroes. So it seems that people really enjoy that uh, that imagery of doom. <clears throat> yeah, and and we see some of that in in this issues in this storyline. We'll get into him sort of towering over the city, uh, not necessarily literally, but where from his uh, vantage point. Um, but I just uh, yeah, I wanted to make a special note of that. If if you're following along and looking at these issues, this is just a great cover and kind of sets the tone. We get into now. As we've said before, we, we focus on Doom and we cover other characters kind of as they relate to Doom. So we get into, as we get into the story, the Fantastic Four are out at sea and they're being rescued by the Navy. Uh, I don't know how much we want to touch on how they got to that point, but... Um, um, I can just quickly touch on that. Yeah. Um, the Fantastic Four at this point are really firing in all cylinders. Um, all the issues are written by Stan Lee and drawn by Jack Kirby. Um, 
And they were just finishing up a storyline where they're fighting the Frightful Four, who uh, consisted of the Human Torch's old enemy, the Wizard, and um, uh, the Trapster used to be Paste Pot Pete, who was a very D-list throwaway villain, also an enemy of the Torch. Uh, Medusa, who is one of the Inhumans who had just appeared, she will shortly be turning uh, over to one of the good guys. And the Sandman, who was a Spider-Man villain, who hooked up with the Frightful Four. And the Fantastic Four just had their butts handed to them uh, by the evil FF. And as we find out here, they are without their powers due to them having escaped a large nuclear-type explosion, which in the Marvel Universe doesn't kill you. It'll just take your powers away. <laughs> Once again, touching on the, the questionable science that we've seen come up a few times here. Yes. <laughs> well, but that's a, it's a motif. I don't know if it's so much in DC, but definitely in Marvel, it seems to come up a lot. The, the use or misuse of radiation. Uh, also the, the, you know, it, it gives people powers and things that you don't necessarily associate to radiation. Uh, I remember thinking as a kid when we would see the Incredible Hulk show and they'd explain that and like, oh, well, you know, that seems kind of valid. Maybe, you know, he got it wrong. But if I go expose myself to giant amounts of radiation, maybe I'll get it right. And then I'll, I'll have succeeded and I can just be the Hulk all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to think that um, the reason why Marvel was so, uh, let's say, radiation obsessed mm -hmm. is because remember the first Marvel comic, Fantastic Four issue one, was in 1961. So that's yeah. just coming out of the 50s where you had a slew of those B movies where, you know, radiation would turn ants giant size or, you know, I don't know. I can't think of any others right off the top of my head, but there's a metric ton of those radiation movies. Oh, and yeah. so that was a big basis uh, for Stan Lee creating the origins of a lot of the characters, the Fantastic Four, uh, Spider-Man, the Hulk. Um, technically, it could even be argued mutants like the X-Men, um, that the, the X-Gene, which gave them their powers, were because their parents had been exposed to radiation at some point in their lives. Um, I mean, really only like Thor and Ant-Man kind of avoided that, Thor being the god of thunder. And Ant-Man, uh, through chemical means, had, you know, got his powers. So, yeah, radiation is, is definitely all over the place in Marvel in these early days. So they, um, as you noted, they've, they've lost their powers now. And Reed Richards spends the first, the first bit of this is Reed Richards trying to come to grips with this. And he, he's trying to build them various mechanical suits and robot avatars to use in lieu of their powers um, to not very great lengths of success. But this is the first part of this issue is sort of them dealing with the aftershock of that and, and trying to work their way around it um, until we get to, until we get to the doom stuff, which is what we're all here for. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to point out here, uh, there's two things about this issue, and I think the next issue, but one is that the invisible girl uh, changes their hairstyle. It probably happened like the issue or two before, but for our Dr. Doom reading, this is our first time seeing it. But um, 
this is her hairstyle that she keeps pretty much from this point onwards, straight through the 70s, right up until when John Byrne takes over the series in, uh, I think it's issue 232. So she finally has her, what I'll call standardized look moving forward. And then um, this issue's guest star is Daredevil. And he, his character is drawn by the artist Wally Wood, who was drawing Daredevil's comic at this time. Okay. Um, and Daredevil's red suit, he just got in his series, I think in issue seven, if memory serves, where Daredevil fought the Submariner. Talk about a one-sided battle. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I think that's the first time that's ever been done at Marvel where uh, basically the other person's artist is called in to... Uh, draw that character to keep the consistency going. I see. So okay. that's just an interesting uh, trivia fact there. And you get a lot of those here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love trivia. <laughs> in, in addition to all the great Dr. Doom content. <laughs> and there is some good Dr. Doom content here. Because uh, as you mentioned, um, as the FF are struggling trying to basically fake having their superpowers. Mm-hmm. Doom is at home in Latveria. The last we saw of him, uh, he had been tricked into believing that he had defeated Mr. Fantastic by essentially mentally beating him and making him disappear into limbo or wherever. Mm -hmm. And so Doom stormed off like, there's nothing more I could do that would harm the rest of you. Like, you know, the loss of your leader should be sufficient. And he took off. So apparently he's just been hanging out in Latveria uh, kind of being bored as, you know, people entertain him and whatnot. And uh, there's this one hypnotist doing a magic show and Doom is not having it. As a matter of fact, he even has what I think is his favorite, my favorite quote of his for the uh, issue. He says that I am no longer amused by your amateurish display of mediocrity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was that was great. That's that's definitely in the running. And I like that. Uh, I, I Something interesting about that line. He says, I'm no longer amused, which means he was kind of amused at one point and just right. basically knew this guy was garbage and just like had him on to laugh at him. But then this guy right. just, you know, took it, you know, two minutes was probably too much. He took it two minutes too far. And uh <laughs> And, and Doom is just like, you're right, is having none of it. And that is a great line. <laughs> I just love that uh, amateurish display of mediocrity. <laughs> because <laughs> How do you come back from that? <laughs> right. And, well, the guy, the guy tries to say even, he's like, wait, what about my skills in hypnotism? And Doom basically says, well, that's a, a petty talent. But uh, he, he is going to let him finish the act. Like, okay, right. well, you know, make your case for yourself. So the guy... He tries to dive into these hypnotism skills, but then he realizes Doom is al already under hypnosis, like you called out from their last encounter with, with the Fantastic Four. And then Doom slowly realizes that he's been tricked by Reed Richards in the last encounter. And these are some great panels here. This artwork on Doom's face is really terrific. Yeah, there's that three-panel grid where Doom's like kind of rubbing his head, like, wait a second, what's going on here? And then in the middle panel, he's got his hand up and he's like yelling and he realizes he had been tricked and he had just been hypnotized and thinking he had won the battle. And then the last panel is a close up of, of his face as he's saying like, 
only the death of the Fantastic Four can avenge this insult. <laughs> right. So it's not just Reed Richards he's mad at. Now, before, he was going to let the other three live, and now he's like, okay, all four have to go now. Right, yeah, they're all on his on his list now. So he, he turns back to the magician, and I wrote this down. He says, to think it took a petty charlatan like you to free me from Richards' hypnotic spell. Um, <laughs> The guy should know better and should just leave it at that. Uh, but he keeps pushing and he, he wants a reward for from Doom. And Doom just backhands him and decks him. He's like, here is your reward. <laughs> yes, uh, he says, uh, uh, such weak words are not for Dr. Doom. Here is your reward. He backhands him. Be grateful I did not put you to death for knowing how I have been tricked. <laughs> And I like to think they don't show it, but I like to think that guy got the hint at that point and just slid away into the darkness. Uh, you know, <laughs> he was that close to being uh, put to death. We should do a series on this guy. <laughs> right. What was his life like after that? <laughs> that's a story that needs to get told. So, so they, um, yeah, uh, from that take point, us to the next we, part. Oh, yeah. From that point, we uh, go back to New York. And uh, the Fantastic Four have sent for their attorney, uh, Matt Murdock, who we know is Daredevil. They do not. Uh, he has been their attorney since the uh, Daredevil issue two, because Daredevil had fought uh, Spider-Man's enemy Electro at the Fantastic Four's headquarters in that issue. Talk about like a wild mix up there. The Fantastic Four's headquarters, Spider-Man's enemy Electro, and then Daredevil. Like, right. You know, none of that seems to really belong together. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they had called him. He walks in. And uh, now, for those who don't know, uh, Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, he's blind. But he has all of the rest of his senses are superhumanly enhanced. And he has uh, like a radar sense. So he right away is able to determine things clearly aren't right with the Fantastic Four. He can't see them, but. He can hear like the, the different mechanics, uh, servo motors and everything. So he knows that, you know, something isn't clear or it's not right here. So they never really quite explain why they called for him. Uh, Reed just quickly mentions uh, they just want to make sure that in the event of anything happening to them, that uh, their their money goes to charity, that kind of thing. And, and, and Murdoch tells him, well, yes, of course. But then an explosion occurs and they fall under attack. Um, it turns out that, of course, it's Dr. Doom after them. Uh, Matt uh, changes into Daredevil and he goes out and he starts helping the FF, basically making sure that they don't get killed in the explosions because he's the only one who you know has any superpowers at this point. So um, they run out of this warehouse that they were meeting because apparently it's like, I don't know, across the way from the Baxter building. And right. they see that there's like this funky UFO on top of the Baxter building. And Dr. Doom is inside the building and he has taken over. So <laughs> I guess they forgot to lock the door or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no security at the Baxter building, apparently. Just, you know, and, and not just anybody can go in, but like the most recognizable supervillain in the world at this point, probably. Right. Like he just walks in through the, the, the roof access, I guess, which admittedly that would keep out people like you or me. But, you know, yeah, 
<laughs> the kind of people they're used to fighting, you think they would at least have like a it's not going to slow alarm. It's not going <laughs> to slow them down. <laughs> so uh, Doom shoots this, I don't know, like a hologram flare thing in the air, um, which says it, it proclaims the Fantastic Four shall now die by the hand of Doctor Doom, which is. You know, okay, it's to the point. <laughs> oh, well, two things I wanted to ask you about this. One is, is this implied, like, is this a voice being out? Like, it's a it's a um, speech, bottle, speech bubble, or is it, like, it's a hologram, like a, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a um, skywriting. I assume it's a, like a hologram, basically. Okay. Um, because normally... If it were like a word balloon, it would be in a word balloon. Um, now, the thing is, they all seem to be reading it, it even Daredevil, which makes no sense because he wouldn't be able to read a hologram in the sky. Right. But, you know, we'll, we'll just go with that. <laughs> and uh, Doom starts sending um, different things against the Fantastic Four and Daredevil since he's in control of everything. So he sends the Fantastic Car after them which is like this uh, kind of tubular or modular uh, flying vehicle, which can separate into four pieces. Mm -hmm. And so it starts coming after them. Daredevil is the only one who's like, you know, agile and quick enough to get everybody out of the way. Um, you know, so there's a lot of just him leaping around and being cool, doing stuff. Right. And he says he'll lead them to the Baxter building and, you know, keeping them out of trouble. So they'll be able to confront Doom, you know, one on one, or I guess four on one, well, five on one, counting Daredevil. <laughs> and uh, so Doom's inside, and he's watching them. He's wondering, like, why aren't they fighting back? Like, why are they just fleeing? Like, what's the problem? So he finds something called a supersonic air displacer vortex machine, which, of course, Mister Fantastic just had that laying around inside their headquarters. It sounds uh, cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. I can't imagine what you need it for. But um, Doom, of course, brags about how with his intellect, he can figure out what it is and how to work it. So he basically creates like a tornado, sends it into the city, and everybody's running around and buildings are falling down and everything. Um, at this point, I would just like to point out that nowadays, Daredevil carries a billy club, and he has... Uh, he has two of them. One's like a weighted one for throwing and stuff. Another one shoots out a, a uh, you know, grappling hook with a line. But yeah. in here, he's just using a cane, which looks really weird. Like, <laughs> none of the FF ever stopped asking, like, hey, why do you have a cane? Like, what, what's the purpose of this? But so he's like, does all this weird, like, kind of leaping around where he's like holding the cane and just kind of jumping over it. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're like a costumed acrobat, but you know, I don't know. It just seems really weird to me. But um, so they decide that they're going to split up. Uh, the torch and the invisible girl run off together. Ben, he, you know, he's not the thing anymore. He's Ben Grimm. So he runs off one way. Mr. Fantastic goes with Daredevil. And they're trying to avoid this tornado that's after them. They manage to stop it by throwing. They, they do the Jaws trick. They throw some... Uh, air tanks into it and they blow up and that stops the tornado somehow <laughs> which did they have did they have to shoot the tanks then with a with an old uh, army rifle like Roy Scheider 
<laughs> no, like they would have made more sense, but Somehow, I guess yeah. tanks hit each other and blew up and that dissipated the tornado. So that reminds me, next time I see a tornado, I'm going to start chucking air tanks into it and see if, if they explode and stop the tornado. <laughs> you know, maybe has anyone tried it? We don't know. You know, that's a good point. I, I can't say that I've ever heard this been tried. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no documentation that I know of. I mean, let's if, so send us some links to some YouTube videos if this exists out there. <laughs> so uh, back inside the Baxter building, Doom, using his great intellect, he figures out that they don't have their powers anymore. That's why they're not fighting back. Uh, so then he decides, like, this will be something too easy. So he launches what nowadays we would call a drone um, after them. And it goes after Mr. Fantastic and Daredevil. Daredevil manages to snag a line around it and smashes it into a building. And, um, and then he says, Daredevil says, he'll uh, go out into the open to draw Doom's attention while then Reed is able to make his way into the Baxter building. So that's exactly what happens. And then the issue just sort of ends at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I, I thought it was a really weird ending because it literally ends with Daredevil is on uh, like, a, uh, like a telephone wire or something. Doom shoots like a shrapnel grenade at him and Daredevil like dodges the shrapnel. Then Mr. Fantastic's running through an alley. Uh, ben Grimm is looking around the corner of a building, and there's this like guy in a suit standing behind him, like rubbing his chin. And uh, then the torch, invisible girl, are in a car driving towards the Baxter Building. The end. To be continued. <laughs> it ended. You're right. It ended really abruptly, and uh, and it, it kind of threw me off there. I'm like, oh yeah, exactly. It's like. Uh, when you would watch it to be continued on TV and then you didn't realize it was the, the hour, the end of the hour. And you're like, Oh, is it over? Oh, okay. I was watching that. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just such a weird place. Like I, I'm convinced that Jack Kirby was drawing this and Wally Wood is drawing daredevil. And I think they just kind of lost track of the page count is what I <laughs> honestly think happened here. I wouldn't doubt it, but it's, it, it's a, it's a good setup. I think, uh, the Doom stuff came off really. I mean, some of it with the with the magician that was just great. Uh, the artwork when he realizes that uh, they had tricked him, I think was was really good. Um, there was some other good artwork. Um, what was the other thing? When I think when he he's realizing kind of he suspects that they've lost or he he suspects that something's up because the Fantastic Four aren't fighting him back like like he thinks they should, um, and then. He's he's still puzzled by it later, and he's kind of questioning. and And there's a really great panel there where they show him kind of trying to put it together. And then, yeah, he does realize that they don't, you know, that that it's going to be too easy. Um, uh, two things I wanted to, or a couple things I wanted to say before we move to the to the conclusion is, he puts up the banner that says, "The Fantastic Four shall now die by the hand of Doctor Doom." So this is a very public declaration of wanting to commit murder. Right. Uh, Good point. So I, I want to hold on to that later because this this I'll, I'm going to come back to why that's important later on. Just remember. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that. OK. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, um, the other thing is a little bit about Daredevil. Um, so overall, I mean, if you if you never read a comic book in your life, you probably have heard of Spider-Man. And in more modern times, 
you know, with the Avengers movies and, and the Marvel Universe movies, it's a little different. But before all that happened, let's, let's take it back to, you know, the 80s or 90s, or, you know, when we were a little younger. Um, if you'd never read a comic book, you, you probably heard, knew who Spider-Man was, Incredible Hulk. Um, there's a couple other other heavy hitters from Marvel. Daredevil and the Fantastic Four, I think you, you kind of had to have some comic knowledge or at least some maybe TV show knowledge because they just weren't as pressed like overall. So where would Daredevil fit in? You know, the Fantastic Four are kind of counting on him in a way, but where does he fit in, at, I guess, in this era in terms of the importance of Marvel characters? You'd said before at this era, Fantastic Four is sort of their the flagship. I think Spider-Man's mm-hmm. probably coming up close. And so I think that's the one two punch of Marvel at this point is the fantastic four and the amazing Spider-Man. Those two series are like, it's kind of like uh, the transformers of GI Joe for Hasbro. I mean, those are their two big ones for sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, Daredevil would fit in because you'd also had the Hulk at this point, I think Um, is Daredevil. Because he, I mean, this is a whole separate, this is a whole separate podcast, but um, to see him, they like, they kind of call him out early on as like, uh, like you said, they're, they're looking to him for the support and they don't really necessarily call out why in the comic, but we can just imply like, oh, it must be a heavy hitter. <laughs> well, Daredevil, um, he's fairly new at this point. I mean, less than 10 issues of his own series. Um he was a character who, much like the X-Men, believe it or not, both their series were uh, bi-week, or excuse me, bi-monthly. And uh, because of low sales, it, they eventually did go monthly, but the sales were always low. And the X-Men actually went back into bi-monthly status. And uh, Daredevil eventually also went back to bi-monthly the X-Men actually went into reprints the earlier stuff and were not appearing in, in new comics. Daredevil at least kept appearing in new comics, but you know, every other month. And then at one point I know there was rumor that Daredevil and Iron Man were going to be put together in a series. Uh, but then Frank Miller came on to take over writing and drawing Daredevil like in the late seventies, I think. Mm-hmm. And then that shot up to being their second highest selling title, ironically behind the X-Men, which is their best selling. <laughs> <laughs> so things were like changing like crazy. Um, but Daredevil was never considered a heavy hitter uh, in the Marvel universe proper or even by fans. Like he's definitely a, a street level vigilante costumed acrobat kind of guy. Uh, he's definitely better known nowadays because he had a movie, uh, plus a spinoff with Elektra. Um, and he's had, what was it? Three seasons of a TV show on Netflix, uh, which was, a, a well, uh, reviewed and, and, uh, well-rated series. Mm-hmm. Plus there's rumors going around. He's going to be in Spider-Man's next movie. So... Uh, he's far better known now than he was back when at we were point. younger and even back yeah. at this point. Well, we lead into from there the the thrilling conclusion, uh, Fantastic Four number 40, the Battle of the Baxter Building with uh, a nice quote on there. Uh, 
Stan putting himself over again. Possibly the greatest action drama you will read this year. <laughs> I thought that was a great And line. I love the splash page, by the way. It's got Doom, like giant size, standing on top of the Baxter building. And he's like shooting this uh, sci-fi looking bazooka gizmo. Right. And the Fantastic Four and Daredevil are also giant size. And they're like going around in between the buildings around the Baxter building. So it's a, a cool looking splash page. Yeah, a lot of great artwork in these in these issues. And, and that splash page was great. And we have a, a slight flashback catching us up. Doom is in the Baxter building. Um, kind of kind of going over what's already happened but one thing he had done this i think a little bit in the last issue but he just definitely does it here is he keeps mocking all of reed's inventions and i wrote this down because <laughs> yeah. this was one of my favorite lines here he says um i only have to look at one of his devices to instantly grasp its purpose and method of operation so doom just <laughs> has to glance at whatever reed has spent days years building to go like oh it's a ray gun it does this of course <laughs> well maybe reed actually keeps everything marked like batman and the old batman tv show like the bat water dispenser and whatnot so yeah you just have to glance at it and know what it does <laughs> the fantastic four water dispenser is clearly marked <laughs> doom leaves that part out so like it makes him sound smarter <laughs> right it wasn't that he was able to deduce this it's that it was clearly marked <laughs> right <laughs> and uh he says, uh, this is interesting. So Doom says that he's been too he's been too remote in Latveria and it's time for the world to grovel before him. So he he was in Latveria just kind of minding his business apparently. Um he he realized he was uh tricked by Reed Richards and the fan so he was incensed by that and now the Fantastic Four had to pay and he called that out, which we'll talk about here shortly, that he he threatened to murder them very publicly. Um, mm -hmm. But now but now he's sort of building on that a little bit and saying that it's not just about ki killing the Fantastic Four. He, he's the world needs to he's not going to kill everyone in the world, but the world needs to grovel before him as well. Yes. Um, he he has the upper hand in this fight still as from when we carried on and Reed realizes he needs to get uh, an electronic stimulator from the Baxter building. He's like. Okay, I've got it. I've got what's what can help us here. It's this thing inside the building, which he I don't know if he forgot that before or it just kind of occurred to him during the fight. Um, we find <laughs> out we find out a little bit what that does. And this is what makes me a little. Well, let's let's continue on here. <laughs> yeah, because I got something to say about that when we get to that point. Right. So um, much like we saw a little bit last issue, the, the, the group's going to split up. So it's Fantastic Four and, and Daredevil. Daredevil's going to run interference. And um, and he, he's able to sneak up on Doom. But Doom's ready for him. Uh, he's He is impressed with uh, Daredevil's reflexes. And Doom is just using, even though he has not, he doesn't have a lot of regard for them, he's going to use some of Reed's creations laying around to try to kill uh, Daredevil in the fight. But Doom is he's he gives him a little bit of credit, uh, at least at very least for his reflexes. Right. Yeah, his, his physical prowess, I guess you would call it. <laughs> he, but he this uh, knowing Doom, that's not going to last long. And uh, I, one of the first great insults, this is very insult heavy, uh, this issue. And I loved it. But he says, uh, <laughs> back, you costumed clod. <laughs> it's like it's a good insult, but it's. 
it's it's uh not as creative as doom normally gets with his right. insult but he, we're gonna we're definitely gonna go on a streak here shortly but so the fantastic four they're trying to work their way up to you know doom daredevil's trying to buy them time he uh he he finally gets close enough and grabs doom from behind and doom is appalled by this and he just says you dare attack me physically you dare lay a hand on me like he's so he, he was kind of he was kind of amused by this fight a little bit he was getting tired of it but the, the idea that this guy puts hands on him and doom is just like everything grinds to a halt and he's like okay now this is serious business yes like doom like i won't say he was uh amused but he was just kind of like i don't know i don't know what the word is i'm looking for but the confrontation with Daredevil is kind of just a distraction, right. like a pleasant distraction in a way. I think Doom was spoiling for a fight, and the yeah. FF didn't fight back, and that, that first threw him. Then he realized why they weren't fighting back. So then when Daredevil showed up, he was like, oh, well, this is something I can get physical with. But then once Daredevil laid his hands on him, you're right, that's when Doom was like, all right, enough of this. Like, this is no longer remotely interesting to me. Right. And so he... So he say, turns he, around and he grabs Daredevil and he he basically just grabs him like by the wrists. And, yeah. you know, of course, Doom wearing his powered armor as superhuman strength. So he, uh, he, he starts making quick work of Daredevil who can't physically go toe to toe with Doom. Right. But enter the FF. That's when they finally get their way up into the upper levels of the headquarters. Now, here's something interesting. Ben runs up to Doom and punches him, which first you would think, ow, because you're punching right. armor. <laughs> but but Doom then turns around and he backhands both Ben and the torch, but he doesn't recognize Ben Grimm. I know. Because I he, he says, who are you, buffoon? Where is Reed Richards and the accursed thing? So, I mean, they did go to college together, <laughs> as we've talked about before. Maybe he just doesn't recognize him in the heat of battle with everything going on. I don't know, but that just seemed kind of odd. He doesn't recognize him. Right. And we, we talked about this a few episodes back. So um, was it in the way they drew it, uh, Ben Grimm, I think there was it kind of implied that maybe they were just passing in the hall and maybe he didn't get a good look at him, uh, which would make sense here, would fit in well. But, you know, we, we've kind of had this other idea, like they were in college together, even if he didn't see him that day, he was going to, you know, if he's the football hero of the college, you, you can't not know about it. So that right. is kind of that is an odd thing that kind of implies like he didn't recognize him, maybe in the heat of battle, like you said, he didn't get a good look at him or something. And, and to be fair, he, he didn't spend a lot of time looking. He was quick to throw the punch. Right. So. Let's just headcanon that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Doom, uh, um, Reed Richards is able to get to the stimulator and he starts using this on the Fantastic Four. This is giving them back their powers. Um, we'll talk a little bit about this again in a couple minutes here, but Doom isn't pleased by this at all when he figures this out. But he, he, um, he does say like, well, maybe it might be better this way. And I can defeat them at their full strength, which gets to your point, which is like he's kind of itching for a fight. He didn't want to just it was too easy to win. He, he wants someone to like fight back and give him give him an equal, you know, uh, um, an equal match. Right. So um, 
they get a slight advantage on him, but Doom gets away. And as he does, he notes that, you know, he's going to get the advantage back. But now he's talking about blowing up the building and the city. So, again, we're, we've gone from he's mad at the Fantastic Four. And then it was, you know, I've been in Latveria too long. People need to know what I'm up to. Kind of implying he was going to go for some sort of rule. Now he's just back to I'm going to blow everything up and escape. <laughs> well doom you know he's got to improvise as he goes <laughs> but it should be noted here that daredevil kind of disappears from the story at this point like we see him in the background yeah but it, it's definitely a fantastic four versus dr doom from this point forward and um let me see reed and sue and johnny they all have their powers uh ben is not turned into a thing he's still just ben Grimm. And Daredevil is with them, but he's kind of just hanging out in the background. And uh, Doom has this device. It, it's in the floor and it freezes them. And which you have to wonder, like, why would Reed have built this <laughs> this refrigerator thing into the floor that can freeze people? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot but... of questions about some of these inventions of Reed's. <laughs> but anyway, he built it. And so Doom uses it on them. And I would just like to point out that if you look at the the panels here on page 12, who is it who got the farthest and closest to Doom? I don't remember offhand. Who is it? Is it, is it Sue? Yes. Yes, <laughs> she was invisible, and she was running up on Doom to get to him, and they all got frozen, more or less frozen in place. But she's the one who was right there, and she was like grabbing on the doom's leg as she fell. So I just thought that was an interesting um, uh, little tidbit there that yet again, Sue has a good showing against doom considering that historically speaking, she's been like, you know, quote unquote, the weakest member of the team and everything. Right. So she always yes. has a good showing against their main enemy. Yes, definitely. There's now there's some consistency to it, but that's good to point out. I think at this point, um, you said uh, the thing who's who's not the thing at this point. He's um, he was he's still Ben, but he, he kind of calls Reed out on this. And he's like, well, if you already had this and it could give us our powers back, why are we just learning about this now? And Richard says, well, it basically that this thing needed time to recharge. So it gets back to what we mentioned a minute ago. Like, first of all, he, he couldn't, you know, he just kind of remembers in the middle of the fight, like, oh, yeah, what we need is this thing in there. And now he, he could have just told these guys, like, look, I, I figured this out, but give me a couple of days and just let this thing charge and we're all set. But right, he doesn't bring any of that up until this moment. Yeah, you figure, like, okay, if he knows he has this device right, and it's got to charge for apparently a couple of days or something you figure that he could contact the avengers on the down low and say hey guys we're gonna be like out of sorts for a couple of days so right. can you just keep an eye on things and uh just tell the team hey we got a weekend enjoy yourselves and right. uh monday morning at 9 a.m i'll shoot us with this device which gives us our powers back right. and done so i mean what really happened here is i could pretty much tell you is that Jack Kirby was drawing the story and Stan Lee had to figure out a reason of, oh yeah, well, if they have this device, uh, 
I'll just throw in these lines about this just needed time for recharging to explain like why it was there. But Ben Grimm and Daredevil do both call it out. Like, yeah, I've been wondering the same thing. Like, why didn't you mention this before? (laughs) Well, it's back to what we've said about Reed being a poor scientist. And, uh, but he, he turns the beam on Ben and Ben is like, well, wait, you know, let's Adam, maybe I don't want to be the thing anymore. You know, it's, it's great for you guys, but I have to be the thing all the time. And Reed is like, well, basically too bad. This is the only, this is the only choice. Uh, it, it really was, I remember this from before, but just reading it again, it was like, it was a shocking thing because you'd think like it was Star Trek or something. Captain Picard is a hard decision to make in this kind of thing. He would be like, no, I, I can't, take the liberty of this person uh it has to be their decision and reed doesn't do any of that he just says well too bad hold still i'm gonna shoot you with this, <laughs> this beam <laughs> well it, it does lead to a great uh page here on page 14 it's a uh, three panels is it makes up the page and it's ben he's on the ground looking down and then he looks up in the second one he's turning into the thing his skin you yeah. know like rocky and whatnot and then in the last panel, which is roughly half the page, she's the thing. And he's looking up. He doesn't look happy. And uh, as Mr. Fantastic says, for better or for worse, the thing must live again. So now they are back to full power. You know, all four of them are there. And uh, Doom, he's in another room because he had run off to, like, get this nuclear bomb ready. And uh, he does take a moment to go out an open window and shake his fist at the city. (laughs) (laughs) You always got to stop and like start yelling at everyone for a moment. A great touch. I love that. (laughs) It's a good panel too. Doom just out the window, shaking his fist. (laughs) And while he's doing that, the thing punches his way through the wall behind him. And uh, as Doom says here, ah, at last, the brainless blabbering thing. (laughs) I've been waiting for you. So many good, there's just like a run of good insults. They have this great fight over the next couple of pages and Doom is throwing different things at him, scoring points, but the thing just keeps coming back over and over again. And uh, I don't remember what the lead up line was, but the, the, one of the next ones is uh, Doom telling him, you are you are battling no normal foe now, ugly one. <laughs> and then he, uh, I think the thing kind of talks back to him a little bit or whatever and says, uh, and then Doom's, says, brave words, you orange-skinned misanthrope. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, I had to get a dictionary when I was a kid because I was always asking my parents what different words meant, like misanthrope or malevolent. Right. They would always tell me, look it up. So <laughs> that's uh, one of the reasons why uh, I always had expanded vocabulary while growing up. Well, Dr. Doom. <laughs> We're going to have to look up, uh, what was it from the beginning of the show? Redoubtable? Yes, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> I will, I had to look, and I had to look this one up. Uh, he says, um, he calls him, he says, you blundering atavism. And I had, to, I had to look that up because I was like, that sounds insulting. Um, what does that mean? Apparently, as I found online, uh, a term rooted in evolutionary study referring to instances where an organism possesses traits closer to a remote ancestor rather than its own parents. So I think, <laughs> I think he's, he does say in a line or two ago, he says, um, he calls him a babbling Neanderthal. And I think this is along the same lines, 
Okay. Hmm. So By the way, I just looked up redoubtable. It uh, uh, means uh, a person who is formidable, especially as an opponent. Well, hey, we were right beside ourselves, perhaps. Although, or did we say no? Maybe we were wrong beside ourselves. Uh, no, I think you said Doom was redoubtable. So you would right. be correct. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> those listening didn't know this was going to be a, a a learning experience as well you're, you're leaving here with some new vocabulary words <laughs> that is right <laughs> atavism and redoubtable <laughs> and misanthrope if you didn't know misanthrope although did we say what a misanthrope was you looked it up uh no i looked up redoubtable uh oh. well when i was a kid i looked it up um yeah. misanthrope is basically like a uh like a caveman, like a step right. backwards evolutionary. So, yeah. <laughs> so is is Doom's fight really, I mean, he's been fighting the Fantastic Four and that, but this is the most kind of personal of it. This is the one where he's really just like throwing these insults down. The thing says, um, the thing keeps getting back to his feet and he says that Doom will have to kill him. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Doom says he can do that, but I, he says, I had hoped it would not be necessary. So, he was ready to kill them. It's just, it, as we've said many times, publicly threatened this. Um, but he also now says, like, well, I hope that wouldn't be necessary. So I don't know if he meant, like, I hoped it wouldn't be necessary just yet um, or in this manner. Um, but it seems, does seem to kind of contradict what the plan is here. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why he would have said that. Um it may have just been a writing thing where right. Stan forgot what, what Doom's plan was. Right. <laughs> but the thing eventually, you know, Doom is just like beating him down, beating him down. He keeps dragging himself up. Doom is just astounded by this. He just doesn't doesn't register how this can keep happening to him. And eventually the thing does get to him and, and able to crush his... It looks like he crushed his hands, but I think they kind of implied he was crushing like the the robotics in his hands. Yeah, he was crushing his gauntlets and right. he did hurt Doom's hands underneath as we'll find out later. Um, and he's like ripping up even some of his chest plate and everything. And they show the thing like ripping out wires and various yeah. doodads, you know, coming out of the armor. And um, Mr. Fantastic is a throwaway line that like he uh, bandaged up Daredevil since he had his his arms hurt by doom and I guess right. sent him on his way. <laughs> and uh, doom meanwhile is just kind of saunters up, not saunters, but he kind of uh, just. Uh, he leaves like he, he just, he doesn't like run away even. He like sulks off. Yes. Yeah, sulking, I guess. Yeah. He, he kind of just sulks away. Like as he's walking, he's not running, he's not flying. He's not, jumping out of an airlock or anything like that. And they just, uh, they let him leave and he, yeah. he's holding his, his hands and like stuff is falling off his armor and whatnot. And um, Reed basically says that by the thing beating him so decisively that Doom's ego has been shattered and he may, may never gain enough confidence to attack us again. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so the thing though is, is kind of morose because he's become the thing again and he's kind of upset he's not really 
angry at the FF. He was angry at Doom because he basically blamed Doom for his becoming the thing again. Um, and so he says, like, you you guys, you all look normal or you can look normal, but I'm stuck as the thing. And so then he announces he's leaving the team and he and he walks out. And then that's where this issue ends. So um, the thing frequently had bouts of depression, which, you know, kind of understandable. Right. Uh, so. And this this is one of them uh, where he he leaves the team and they end up fighting the Frightful Four again. And um, let me think, uh, they meet the Inhumans and uh, there is the arrival of Galactus. He shows up and wants to snack on the earth. They uh, meet the Silver Surfer. There's a lot in their immediate future, like classic issues. Um, but we will encounter Doom again, not in the normal issues, but in Fantastic Four Annual 3. Um, okay. which I guess I can talk a little about, uh, the next episode that we'll be covering is doom just has a cameo appearance in issue 43, where we just look in on him and see how he's convalescing. And okay. then we'll be covering fantastic four annual three, which will be the wedding of Mr. Fantastic and the invisible girl. Um, and because that's double-sized and a lot happens in there, that's all we'll be covering for the next episode. Uh, but there'll be a lot in there for us to cover, so that's why it's we're not going to do like multiple issues. Yeah. Um, but then after that, uh, Doom, I won't say where, but he does make an appearance in another comic that is not the Fantastic Four, so that'll just be the second time that happens. And uh, then we'll also be going over Doom's first appearance outside of comics. So uh, that'll, those two will be in uh, episode number six. Um, so that'll be a couple ahead of us here. But, um, but uh, yes, the next episode with the annual, that should be some fun. Because, you know, Doom won't just let the wedding go uh, oh, no. easy. <laughs> Evolve. He's going to be mad from this defeat, and he's going to want to make some sort of a mark. Well, it's one thing we I wanted to touch on on this before we wrap up on Fantastic Four 40 is something that we touched on a little bit last time, which is at the end of the fight, Reed Richards says, basically, I think, yells out, you know, you can't kill him. He has diplomatic immunity. Yes. Which, which <laughs> he was about to kill everyone and as we called out a few times already th there's not even a question of well you know no one there's no evidence to support that he threatened to kill there was a huge banner above the city that says <laughs> he will kill the fantastic four he, he was certainly about to blow up the 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 city and the building he's about to kill them if he can uh but yet again there's this diplomatic immunity which no one knew how that worked then apparently and maybe still don't <laughs> Um, but they could have they could have arrested him or, or or even if, they you know, he couldn't kill him and he had diplomatic immunity. You know, th there could have been something other than just letting him walk off. There could have been like, well, listen, let's put him in some sort of magneto glass case or something. Uh, just just briefly enough before we can put the city back together and figure out what to do next. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Doom just kind of sulks away, as we said. 
we're, and there's something else to mention too is that we we didn't say this but they did show outside the baxter building at one point the police had uh, sealed off the building from the street level and so the cops are down there so yeah. doom's leaving the building because they're up in the upper levels they'll either take the elevator or stairs to go down to the main level and then he's gonna have to go out in the street and walk past the cops so i guess even they're just gonna be like oh hey doctor like and just let them wander off i guess don't let us <laughs> interfere with your uh with your plans but yeah no no recourse <laughs> Um, not that, you know, maybe I don't know that they would have stopped him anyway, but yeah, the Fantastic Four just lying down on the job, but I'll pin a lot of that again on Reed Richards and I'm sure some Reed Richards mega fans will take us to task, but the, 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 the other thing being the thing who I think is rightfully upset, um, he, he called, you know, he says to the team, you know, where, where, where was everyone when I was fighting doom and there's the throwaway line when he's, oh, well, we helped Daredevil, you know, with his wounds and escape. And then um, I think it's Sue who calls out like, well, we were watching, but Reed felt we shouldn't interfere. I'm like, what? <laughs> this what cat like, first of all, he's like, OK, you got to be the thing again. It's our only chance. OK, let's for a minute, let's say granted. I, I'm not buying that, but OK. Then he not even is like, OK, it's your only chance and we're going to help you because it's our best chance. Like, let's all do it together. Like, well, no, it's our only chance and you're the only guy who can do it. Because, like, even that, like, right after that, him and uh, um, Sue are there, and basically she's like, we're back to normal, this is so great. But the thing, again, rightfully, rightfully gets mad. He's like, well, I'm not. I had to do everything. And I'm the thing again. This is terrible. Right. Yeah, I think, like, story-wise, they wanted to give the thing some time to shine because uh, he wasn't involved in any of the fighting up to that point. You know, it was, I mean, heck, it was mainly Daredevil, like last issue and the start of this issue. And then, then it was the other three after they got their powers. So I think they wanted the thing to have that moment to shine. And then also it's setting up the next storyline with the return of the Frightful Four, because uh, they actually turned the thing against the FF um, through some hypnosis or other. Um, because of his mental state, he was like susceptible to that. So, you know, they're also kind of thinking ahead to that, I guess. So there were storyline reasons, if not necessarily logic. <laughs> yeah. Well, logic, logic uh, can get sacrificed on the altar of, of storyline. Of course. Uh, <laughs> um, one thing we, we said, we touched on this, it's sort of some, it's related to the side, but be interesting in the future to talk about sales because I think sometimes there's a misconception. I remember having some classes in college and statistics and it's, it can be some boring stuff if it's not your field of study, but I got to do a project and, and uh, use record sales like from the music business. And it was a really interesting thing. When you go and look at certain stats, you go, Oh, well, this is the highest selling artist of all time. But then you have to put three disclaimers by like, well, in the United States until 1990, you know, in Michigan or something. Um, so it'd be interesting to see from a comic point of view, there's probably a lot of conceptions about which is the best seller, which is the most popular in this group, um, longevity and things like that to do, to do maybe a side episode on something like that, because I'll bet you 
uh, you know, people would go, I bet you there'd be a lot of misconceptions and a lot of, a lot of guesses as to who's the number one in a lot of categories that would be incorrect. Well, I know that sales, uh, they are online somewhere. I'd have to look for them. Right. Um, even going way back to this point. Um, I, I know that at the time their sales lagged behind around like three months. So say if an issue one comes out, they wouldn't really know for sure like what the sales were until like issue three or four was coming out on the stands. Yeah. If it were a monthly comic. Um, so when you would see like, you know, word balloons or something like saying, this is the, the newest, most popular character this year. Like they didn't know that because of sales. <laughs> if it was the next issue was proclaiming that or like, because you demanded it, the return of, you know, Dr. Doom, like right. they didn't necessarily know that that was just who they were choosing to push. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it could be, I mean, I would find that stuff interesting. I don't know about, anyone else but i don't know for something a, that we could cover down the road listeners if you would think uh you'd find that interesting let us know and maybe we'll do an episode on that um i would find that very interesting i wonder too if it was hard to trace sales um i remember i heard a podcast about uh someone explaining how pay-per-view buys worked back in the day and basically you had to call a cable company and they gave you to the home office and there was someone there and you'd say, Hey, how, how were sales? And they would go, Oh yeah, pretty good. And that was it. Like, you know, you had to really guess at the numbers and maybe you got some numbers six months later, but it was really based on a lot of, you know, people writing things down in pen and, and then you know, nowadays you could track this thing pretty easily, but I wonder too, in the early days of this, like how well that was even tracked. Well, back then they liked to know what the actual numbers were as close as they could get it. Yeah. Um, because everything was sold to the newsstands and, um, nowadays there's a direct market, but even the direct market, they sell, they count the sales as whatever goes out to the comic book stores. You could put something out at the comic book stores that no one buys, Yeah. but they, according to the, the comic book industry, Hey, this is a great selling title, like 200,000 copies went out but maybe only 40,000 of them actually sold off the shelves and the rest are going to be reduced to going into the quarter bins. So the stores and try and get rid of them <laughs> back then uh, on the newsstands, you would have to return any unsold copies. You had to like rip off the cover and then return the unsold copies. Right. Uh, so they would get a better idea. Like, okay, we printed 350,000 copies of this. We got, 20,000 returned to us. So therefore we sold 330,000 copies. Mm -hmm. So I think it was almost, it was more honest back then versus now, but they get the sales numbers back more quickly nowadays. Um, like almost like the following month, you'll have your numbers. So both of those methods have their pluses and minuses to it. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, we're getting some of your publishing uh, experience in with your comic knowledge. Uh, this, is a, <laughs> this is a bonus for all the listeners. You're getting you're getting twice the, the reward today. Yes. Once I get my site set up, I can talk more about all that stuff if anyone's interested. I feel like we'll have some interested people. But, 
Yeah, these were these were two really good issues. I really enjoyed them. I I do think there was some the the, the first one ended kind of abruptly, uh, and Daredevil kind of disappears a little abruptly toward the end of the other one. But um, there's just great Doom stuff in it. Um, as we called out before, and I'll call it out again as we're getting closer to close, that uh, for those reading along with us as we go, or or uh, well, eventually we'll do some some uh, video things and some other media but for now it's all comic issues so uh we've got your list here and it looks like next is the fantastic four number 43 which is a cameo yes. appearance you've noted and that's cameo as in he's making a cameo not the band cameo uh, <laughs> yeah we're just going to cover his one page appearance in that issue because the rest of the issue has nothing to do with dr doom right or cameo uh, and then uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four Annual, number three, The Wedding of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl, which sounds like there's going to be a lot to chew on there. And I can only imagine. Uh, I've said before, I'm not sure that uh, she's made the right choice in Reed Richards, but um, <laughs> let's there find out There is a lot the of guest stars in that annual because uh-huh. uh, they invite like uh, the Avengers, the X-Men, Thor, Iron Man. And uh, they also get a lot of uh, people who weren't invited, (laughs) like say a Dr. Doom and whatnot. So, so yeah, there'll be a lot to chew on going over that issue. A lot of um, various matchups that haven't been seen up to this point between different characters. And uh, I even have a couple of things I can throw in that uh, came along later, but do tie directly into that. So I can mention those. Um, so yeah, so it should be an interesting episode to uh, to listen to and for us to go over that stuff. Well, by all means, I hope we hope you join us again next time. Do we we need a sign off on here? We have to think of one. We'd like a good doom line that takes us out. A good doom line or some sort of song. I don't know something. <laughs> If there are any budding musicians who want to uh, send us some Dr. Doom inspired theme music, uh, we'll let you know where to send those. Oh, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to listen to that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, with there, we'll leave you for this time. We'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 